0: actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Boss Up podcast Today we are tackling a super fun, hot topic that always seems to come up with career transitioners, job seekers, and women professionals that I work with in all industries. And that is the question between which is more important in your career? Is it flexibility? Or is it funds? Is it the money part of the compensation equation? I myself have gone from jobs that were very demanding, needed your butt in seat 9 to 5, really 9 to 6 plus, Monday through Friday, that paid more than the work even I do now. But the work that I do now affords me the flexibility that makes my lifestyle what it is today. And that's really important to me. Now, flexibility is way more important to other folks who don't just want the flexibility perks, but also have roles to play, like caring for aging parents or children or other different abilities that sometimes make flexible work the only kind of work that's going to work for their lives. So on today's episode, which was inspired initially by the the big response I got to the Boss Tip episode that came a few weeks prior, I'll link to it in the show notes below, all about career versus lifestyle and really looking at your lifestyle as a component to consider when weighing different job opportunities. The question really becomes, what is most important to you? Would it be a bigger salary or would it be more flexibility in terms of having the ability to work from home on occasion, work remotely, leave the office, not have to be physically present in the office, if that's even a consideration that's possible in your line of work? Today's episode was inspired by a great career conundrum that came in from our listener, Jen.
1: Hi, Emily. My name is Jen. I live in Los Angeles. So I just listened to your career versus lifestyle podcast. And I have just been offered a job that I've negotiated. Um, It's a huge bump in salary for me. Um, I'm in California, so they can't ask you what you make anymore. It's a very big bump in salaries for me, about $30,000, actually. And what it would mean for me is a couple of things. I currently have a job that I don't love and I'm not that happy at. However, I work at home three days a week and go into the office two days a week. I do a little bit of travel for work as well. However, I have a lot of freedom in my schedule to do other things, to go to the doctor, to go and just, you know, kind of work my schedule around those other things. This new job would not allow me that type of freedom. I asked them and tried to negotiate a flex schedule, which they were not really into. That's not the company culture. However, they did say I could leave at certain times um, for certain things, which was good. Um, and what this job did, what could mean for me is um, a stepping stone to my next thing, which I've been for a long time trying to figure out what I want my life to be about. And I want to go back to school and actually go to school and become a doctor of Chinese medicine and acupuncture. Just really confused about what the right decision is for me. Is it worth it to maybe change my life for a year? And it could be a good thing too. I could enjoy it.
0: Jen, that is such a great question. I know there's a lot of different variables, a lot of factors at play here. So I appreciate you calling in and sharing all these details with me. Joining me on the podcast today to help break this down is someone who knows a lot about flexible work, and that's Carol Cochran, the Director of People and Culture at FlexJobs. She's also the mom of two amazing children and oversees all aspects of human resources, recruiting, development, and retention for FlexJobs' 100% virtual team where she also provides flexible work, career, and job search advice to job seekers and employers. Carol, thank you so much for joining us here today and for sharing your area of expertise on the flexible work economy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So Jen called into the podcast with a real head scratcher. I think it all comes back to what is the value of flexible work schedules? What is the value of flex work in today's economy. So based on your experience, first, tell us a little bit about what you do at FlexJobs and why you think flexible work is so valuable and important to so many people these days.
2: Absolutely. So at FlexJobs, I'm the director of people and culture. And so I work with our internal team and I essentially touch anything that's sort of human resource related, but with a specific focus on the employee experience. And so everything from kind of uh, the recruiting and hiring and onboarding process all the way through. So I work a lot on coaching and development and leadership, those sorts of things, just making sure that people are engaged, particularly in a remote environment. Everybody in our company works from home offices all over the United States. There's no office for us to come to. So making sure that people feel connected both to the mission and the work that we're doing, but also to one another and their teams. And they know that they're a part of something bigger and making sure that they have the tools and the resources and the wherewithal to feel that.
0: I love your experience and perspective on this because you are in a very meta flex environment. You work at a very flexible workplace (laughs) to help other people stay engaged
2: at a company that helps other people find flexible work. Is that right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm surrounded by it. I'm immersed in it. Like it's my whole world. So it's funny because when I first listened to Jen's predicament, you know, my gut instinct was like, stay with the flexibility. <laughs> Always do the flexibility. But then I kind of took that step back for a minute. And, you know, I'll start by saying there's no wrong answer here. Mm. And and really, she just has to weigh out the pros and cons of both scenarios and decide what's best for her right now, Yeah, right? So really what she's looking at is staying in a job that affords her flexibility, that's really important to her and that works for her lifestyle right now. And, you know, will still probably allow her to reach her long-term goals, although those goals might take longer for her to right. accomplish because she won't have all the money put aside from this like amazing bump in salary <laughs> that she's right. negotiated with this new job. And she'll come out of school with more student loans and that sort of thing, which is a real consideration. But her quality of life is going to be better while she's doing that. Or really what she's talking about is taking a bridge job, right? Ah. She's looking at doing something in the short term, probably a year or so to sock away all this extra money so she doesn't have these crushing student loans when she comes out of grad school to do the job that she wants to do. And if I remember correctly, the job she wants to do is probably going to afford her a lot of flexibility correct? in the long term. So she may be giving up short term for long term payoff in several different ways. I want to break that down a little bit more. For our
0: listeners who missed out on it, a couple weeks back, we co-hosted Flex Jobs and Bossed Up a webinar all about the benefits of a bridge shop when assisting a career shift. And for listeners who want to watch that replay, it's on our YouTube channel. I'll also link to it in the show notes below. But what's interesting about that is what you're talking about, short-term versus long-term gratification. And I wonder how long delaying your gratification can work, right? Because in her case, she's talking about doing this for a year or two. And like you've already alluded to, money in her case is almost equivalent to time. So is she going to have less time to herself, but more money in the bank so that she can spend less time paying student loans off down the road or vice versa. But I've also been fascinated lately, and I'm trying to get someone on the podcast to break this down with me by something called the FIRE movement. It was actually profiled in the New York Times. It's a movement about people who are taking high-paying jobs that they hate. And this is a very privileged and elite position to be in the beginning. But high-paying jobs like software engineers and developers, six figures plus, living on very modest means, so living on half of their income, and after 10 years, completely retiring. So that, to me, is like the short-term versus long-term gratification thing run amok. (laughs) It's yeah. like the extreme yeah. deferring of your flexibility. for So how long is too long to defer on flexibility?
2: Yeah. You know, again, I, I'm not trying to dodge the question, but all of these things are such personal decisions that have to be made because flexibility is such a personal issue and people's reasons for needing or wanting flexibility is such a personal issue. So some people want it strictly for lifestyle. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Some people they don't necessarily have a quote unquote need for it, but they want it, right? They right. they want it because they simply just don't like being tied to a specific location or a specific schedule, and um, you know, being able to go for a run or being able to go surf at lunchtime is is really important to them and how they want to live their life, and they want to be true to themselves and authentic and. They should be able to do that just as much as people who want and need flexibility for other reasons. Right. Some people have other barriers to employment that absolutely, they cannot hold down a job without the flexibility, whether it's a physical disability, an unseen disability. You know, we talk to people who have, you know, crippling anxiety or PTSD issues and having to leave the house on a daily basis at a particular time and being in a particular space, they cannot sustain long-term employment under those conditions. So for some people, giving up flexibility for... 2 years, 3 years, 10 years is simply not an option. Right. So again when we talk about privilege, it comes in different forms. Okay. Right? Sometimes it's not just the financial yeah. aspect of it. What a
0: helpful reminder and even more of a reason for being for flex jobs to exist because helping mm-hmm to really compile all the employers in the marketplace who are offering flexible work can be such a service to folks who might have totally invisible different varying forms of ability, or very physical different forms of ability. So Mm -hmm. such a good reminder of some of our invisible privileges when you're like, I just want to surf or I'm tuning in right now, not from my podcast studios, but from a hotel room in Fort Lauderdale, (laughs) because that's where my schedule takes me today. What are some of the other common reasons for seeking out flexibility, especially that you see amongst women?
2: So uh, military spouses, Mm. they have to be able to transition and uproot their lives a lot to move for their spouse who is enlisted and they, they get moved around the country, they get moved around the globe. And so for them to be able to sustain any kind of a career can be difficult when they're constantly having to resign and start over somewhere else, not knowing how long they're going to be in any specific location. So if that's a job and a career that they can take with them yeah. around the world, then that becomes really, really helpful. Certainly parents, working parents, whether it's working from home or just being able to have that flexibility in the schedule so that they can get kids off to school in the morning or be there in the afternoon or be able to flex their schedules so that they can get kids to practices or classes after school, things like that, you know, get out in time to get them from the after school programs, those sorts of things can use some flexibility. We look at this generation of folks, too, who they're sort of referred to as like the sandwich generation, right? And, you know, they're taking care of kids and they're also taking care of parents that are elderly and needing more care and help and attention. And that's a really heavy weight because doing either one of those things is a lot, but having to do both, you really need a lot of consideration and and a lot of flexibility in your work. Mm. So we see that a lot. And then there's also folks who, whether it's for family reasons or just by pure choice, they live in maybe some rural areas. Right. And should they have to uproot their lives and move somewhere else for employment opportunities? You know, we've been working a lot with some different economic development agencies and organizations, Eastern Kentucky, some places in Utah, different things like that, and bringing together employer partners and doing some work with these folks who are in communities that have been economically depressed because their industry has just completely collapsed. And so they've put together these programs where they're able to retrain and retool, but they need the jobs and there's no jobs right there. So when we're able to help connect them with employers that will guarantee some remote jobs that these folks can get hired for, then they can specifically train them for that kind of work, make sure that they have the resources, the technology, the space, the internet connections, all of that kind of stuff that they need to do the work. And it not only helps those individuals, but it helps the whole community come back up from an economic depression. Interesting. This feels like the future is now. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It's really
0: about creating opportunity for folks across the spectrum. So you've mentioned already that it boils down to your personal priorities. And I'm wondering, for Jen's sake, knowing that our priorities do shift over time, Mm -hmm. how should she go about reflecting on what's most important to her now versus what's most urgent to her now? Have you seen any sort of exercises or tools or reflection skill sets? that you would recommend someone in her shoes doing, taking part in, to compare those apples to oranges pro-con lists?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of simply just writing it down on a list form, yeah. honestly, of just, you know, thinking through what her goals are, what her needs are right now, you know, and the limited information that we have. Yeah. I have to assume that there's, there's nothing else in play in terms of her need for flexibility so not knowing that to be anything different, just kind of writing down, like, is she willing to give up that flexibility right now? Right. What would that cost her and what would that gain her on both sides of that coin and really just hashing it? I'm, I'm yeah. still a big fan of paper and pen. i you know. yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of old school traditional in that way. Um, I like it. Just weighing it out. Something I've seen
0: helpful as well in taking your pro-con list to the next level is asking yourself on a scale of one through 10, how Mm. much do you care about this pro? How much do you care about that con? And sometimes it's just a matter of weighting those variables because sort of wanting flexibility, which is what we're hearing from Jen versus super wanting her ability to go back to school without being debt-free long-term or without being indebted long-term, those things are not the same value. So it it is a tricky thing to measure, but if if you can ask yourself from your gut instinct, from a zero to 10 scale, how much do I want this? How much would I might regret not doing this? And that's, that's another way to look at it. A friend of mine, Dominique Broadway, who's a financial advisor She says, don't fear failure, but fear regret. Mm -hmm. And sometimes putting yourself into the future and saying, okay, let's pretend hypothetically I didn't take this job. Would I regret it irreparably? And Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I think there's a lot of fear of change, Mm -hmm. but if you can put yourself into that mindset of future you who turned this job down, that can help you measure your potential for regret.
2: Yeah, for sure. So one thing I wanted to say about one of her comments when I was listening to her message, she was talking about how they don't offer flexibility, it's not in their culture with a yeah. new job. And I wrote this down, she said they will let her leave at certain times for certain things. And I just I had to mention that because I have to give a word of caution. Please. <laughs> and while that can sometimes work out just fine, I want to make sure that your listeners and your viewers know. Just be cautious with that and set your expectations accordingly when that's the message being sent. Because if they're saying very explicitly, that is not a part of our culture. And there's certain times, certain things, they're putting a lot of modifiers around that, that ask right at the beginning. So that's a clear message to me that that's not something that they're really down with at all. That's what I'm hearing in what she's saying. That it's probably really not going to happen. That it's going to kind of have to be an emergency (laughs) sort of situation that I have to leave. Or, you know, I mean, maybe if you have a doctor's appointment or something like that, Mm -hmm. but it's just really not something that they work with. And, you know that it might cause a little bit of friction amongst the office or the team, whatever kind of job it is, if it's something that she is asking for, you know, it's something that we need to be aware of when we're going into those situations and asking about flexibility that the way they're answering it gives you a lot of clues in terms of what the overall temperature is and Mm -hmm. how that's going to be received.
0: And believe them when they say, yes. actually, flexibility is not a part of our culture. <laughs> yes. You know, don't be too rose-colored glasses wearing in those yeah. instances. It's kind of like the advice I heard years ago. If a man or a woman you're dating ever says, I don't deserve you, then believe them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it sort of reminds me of that circumstance. Yeah. If, if an employer says, actually, no, that's not really our thing here, believe them yes. and really be introspective as to how important that is to you. You're the queen of flexible work. <laughs> you have that wonderful bias. You've already stated, you bring this to the table that of course you're going to err on the side of flexibility. Yeah. What's your bottom line advice to Jen? Do you think she should turn down a 30K salary bump for the short term? Or do you think she should <laughs> take it and sacrifice her flexibility?
2: So again, not knowing why flexibility is important to her. If I go in assuming that it's a nice to have for her and not a need to have, and knowing what her long-term goals are for her career, and that that career will more than likely afford her flexibility in the long run, I would take the job. Same.
0: You know why it boiled down to for me, and I'd be curious for you. I don't think it's that easy, I should say, to find a 30K salary bump. I do think it's a little easier to find flexible work options, especially with places like FlexJobs. But in order to to gauge your happiness level, you got to try it on for size. Even if it's like, I'm going to put in a year here and just reevaluate in a year. You don't know what kind of a difference that salary bump can make in your life long term and how unhappy a lack of flexibility will make you until you try it.
2: Yeah. And that's it. Exactly. The risk, again, assuming that she can take that risk, which she wouldn't be considering it if she couldn't, is my assumption. Yeah. The risk is worth it in my book, because if she's just miserable, she can always pivot and look for something else that is more suited to what she needs or wants, even for this year or two. But the idea of being able to do this and put that money away and be able to pursue this long-term goal without coming out in debt, that is such a gift to give yourself. Totally. That I don't know how you don't take that leap.
0: Totally. I totally agree. You and know? There's a time and place to prioritize money, and there's a time and place to prioritize flexibility, and those priorities change over time. Mm-hmm. But I would always ask yourself to consider short term sacrifice versus long term gain. Yeah. The sacrifice part has to be short. In my yes. opinion, I think the reason I have this undercurrent of irritation when I hear about the fire movement is. Long-term sacrifice is just suffering. Yes.
2: When you describe that to me, I was like, that sounds horrible. That sounds horrible. <laughs> Without knowing all the details, like I'm totally turned off to that concept right off the bat. <laughs> We're working on getting an episode
0: up all about it soon, but to me, there's no 10-year sacrifice that's no. worth making. To me, yeah. it's like, okay, one year sacrifice, maybe, maybe. two. Mm -hmm. even education can be a sacrifice. So four-year education can be a bit of a sacrifice too. I mean, we're we're not talking about martyring yourself. We're not talking about suffering in the long-term to set yourself up, Jen, for sustainable success. I'm all about weighing the cost benefit of short-term sacrifice for long-term gain.
2: I agree, I agree.
0: I'm glad to hear that. So last question for you is for those of our bosses listening, and Jen, if you're listening, we want to know what happened. I know. So call back <laughs> into the podcast with a boss move either way to share with us if you took the job or didn't. We're dying to find out um, and how you're feeling if you did take the job. But for bosses out there who are listening, who are like, listen, I'm at the point in my career where flexibility is, is my top priority. How do you recommend someone who's in a very not flexible job go about seeking flexibility, whether it's at their current workplace or at a new job?
2: So I would say the first thing is to check with your current job and see if there's an option for some flexibility. So first stop would be check your handbook, check with your HR department and see if there's any existing policies or options for it. If not, we've got some great resources at FlexJobs and also on our sister site, One Million for Work Flexibility, that will give you some suggestions on how to ask for flexibility in your current Mm -hmm. role. So those are some good options for you. And if both of those things are a bust, which sometimes they are, some people Mm -hmm. are not quite as enlightened on the benefits (laughs) for the company. But not here. If your (laughs) company is not woke, then, you know, you can... Go on the search and just be really careful. I, of course, would recommend coming to FlexJobs and letting us take some of the guesswork out of it for you. And what we do provide is we are a subscription-based site but we provide a safer, easier way for you to look for those jobs. We guarantee that everything's hand vetted, hand screened, and everything's legitimate. There's no scams. If you do want to do it on your own, just be real careful with your search terms because there's a lot of scams around this concept of work from home jobs. It's one of the biggest scam search terms out there, according to the FBI. So for every legitimate jobs, it's estimated that there's about 60 to 70 scam jobs associated with it. Uh, I have to make a point here to
0: also call out my MLM friends. And I know that there are well-intentioned, wonderful people in the MLM business. I was on a plane unknowing that everyone else on the plane was going to the Rodan and Fields annual summit <laughs> as I was coming to Fort Lauderdale and they were I was stopping over and... Louisiana. And I didn't want to mention, hey, I did an entire podcast with Stuff Mom Never Told You about the fine line between a multi-level marketing scheme and a pyramid scheme. (laughs) And I will drop that in the link below. But (laughs) those very sketchy work situations prey upon women and stay at home mothers in particular who want added income with the flexibility. So please venture carefully with those searches and listen to my podcast that Bridget Todd and I did for Stuff Mom Never Told You. I'll drop that in the notes too.
2: And we don't put MLM positions on the site. You'll find none of those, no commission only, nothing like that. These are all professional level, career growth oriented positions that you'll see on our site. So, but if you're going to look for yourself, you know, use smarter terms, don't use work from home, use things like remote, telecommute, virtual, things like that, and just be really careful make sure you're checking everything out really carefully and check our blog for some good tips on how to know if you're looking at a scam. So
0: yeah, like for starters, maybe you shouldn't have to pay to work for somebody. Exactly.
2: That's a good one to keep in mind. Paying for a service is different than paying for a job. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Big difference.
0: Well, Carol, this has been such a delight, and I'm pleasantly surprised to hear that the queen of flexibility came down on the side of take, get your money, girl. And I, I love it because there is a time and place to get that 30k raise, and it's a rare, rare position to find yourself in. So go, Jen. I hope you you took it and ran with it, and uh, we're dying to hear more from you. If you want to learn more about Carol's work about flex jobs, head to flexjobs.com. Carol, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. And now I want to hear from you, boss. Which matters most to you? If you were in Jen's shoes right now, but had your own set of circumstances to consider, Would you take a big healthy pay increase like her 30K plus offer or would you value flexibility above all else? And just like Carol said, it doesn't always have to be a binary choice like this, but I would wonder where you would fall down on this issue. Make sure to take a screenshot if you're listening in the app. I want to hear from you. What is your take? And really, what does flexibility at work mean to you? So when I'm not navigating workplace politics, I'm looking for ways to improve my relationships, keep up with pop culture and politics, and frankly deal with the everyday sexism I'm constantly encountering. If that's you too, you'll love Slate's The Waves podcast. Every week, Invisibilia co-host Hannah Rosen New York Magazine's Noreen Malone and Slate's June Thomas and Christina Cattarucci unpack all the ways gender shapes our lives with smart takes and a healthy dose of feminist discourse. Download and subscribe to The Waves in Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. And now it's time for this week's Boss Move Moment of the Week.
3: Hi, Emily. Hi, fellow bosses. So, my boss move of the week kind of spends the last few months. So, in May of this year, I uh, recently graduated from my undergrad, and I took an internship in the city two hours away, and I moved there with pretty much nothing for the chance to get hired on full-time. And this is a big risk for me. I stayed home from my undergrad to save money. So in this internship, a lot of things changed. I had two of my seniors leave, and I was essentially left to pick up the pieces in a department in a huge organization. And I was able to feel comfortable doing that because of all of the amazing advice and training I've gotten through the Boss Podcast and the Courage Community. So now I'm happy to say that as of two weeks ago, I signed my one year contract as a coordinator position and I couldn't be more excited to take on this new role. And even though it's scary and it's in a new industry, I've never dabbled in. I'm really excited to be here. Go
0: you boss. We are cheering you on and thank you so much for calling in to share your boss move. Like I always say, you never know who you are inspiring when you share your come up story. If you've got a boss move to share, or if you have a career conundrum you want us to tackle next, do not hesitate. Give our hotline a ring right this moment at 910-668-BOSS or 2677. Our lines are open. We are dying to hear from you and hear all about those boss moves you are making. So before we close out the podcast today, I want to give a major shout out to Diana, who goes by PRgirl951 on iTunes. She left this totally rad review on the podcast just the other week. She wrote, this is exactly the type of daily encouragement women need to stay motivated and change the world. Emily and her guests are empowering, relevant, and super knowledgeable. So proud to be a woman. Every time I listen to the podcast, I throw on my shades, flip my hair, and feel like I can take over the world. Hashtag boss bitch moves. Diana, I love this review so much. You are making me want to throw on the shades myself and flip my hair as I walk out of this recording session right now. So thank you for listening. But more than anything, thank you for taking a moment out of your very Bossed Up busy day to leave a review and share your take on the show. It means the world to me. And as you all know, it also helps other folks discover the Bossed Up podcast just when they might need it. If you have a chance and you're listening in iTunes or Apple podcast app right now, just scroll down on the Bossed Up show page leave your stars, and then add a comment to leave your review. And you might just be next week's featured review of the week. Thanks again for listening, for sharing. I can't wait to hear from you as to what you think about this debate between more money versus more flexibility at work. So if you haven't already, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter tell me what your take is on this week's career conundrum. And as a final reminder, Bossed Up Bootcamp is coming up quick. We're less than two weeks out now. We have just a handful of spots available to join us in Washington, DC. You can learn all about it in the link below in the show notes or at bossedup.org slash bootcamp. I hope to get bossing with you in real life or see some of you at this Thursday's live podcast recording in New York City. There are still a handful of tickets left for that as well. So you can find the link to register for free at General Assembly below. Hope to see some of y'all soon. Thank you as always for all the ways you're supporting Bossed Up the Podcast and getting your own boss on in work and in life. In the meantime, keep Boston in pursuit of your purpose and together we'll lift as we climb. owning their voice, overcoming the social messages that have taught us to keep silent and really learning to strategically and assertively communicate when it matters most, we'll actually have the practice time to rewire our brains, create new neural pathways, and build better habits when it comes to speaking up with confidence and precision and assertively communicating in the workplace. Learn more and enroll today to secure your spot at bossedup.org slash speakup. That's bossedup.org slash speakup.